Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. That's the that's the song that I'm gonna play. Get no sleep. Welcome to Upfront Den Under. I'm Clay Morgan. And I'm Rachel O'Sullivan. The 2023 Women's World Cup group stages are done, son. And they left us with one more huge upset. When I say huge, I mean like seismic. I mean like groundbreaking, significant, just, just disgusting. Germany are out. Can you believe it? None of us can. The two-time world champions have failed to reach the knockouts for the first time in the tournament's history after they could only draw 1-1 with South Korea. So I'm smiling as I'm reading this because it's just so unbelievable. Meaning Colombia and Morocco have progressed. Who would have thought? We're going to react to that, celebrate the, all the underdogs, every single one of the legendary underdogs that have gone through. We're looking at you, Jamaica. We're looking at you, South Africa. Uh, and wave goodbye to Marta and finally draw line under this epic group stage and this whirlwind over two weeks. But first, quickly, just a reminder, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We are at upfront underscore pod. Rach, 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 Rach. You were listening to this and watching this on a train. You had a fantastic journey, first class all the way. There was champagne mm-hmm. being provided to you, air conditioning what? and plugs and huh? sockets, I've heard. Is that, <laughs> none is that of the above. Absolutely none <laughs> of the above. <laughs> 11 hour train journey from Adelaide to Melbourne, which was sold as a lovely kind of travel 
Like, and it was, it was nice. The views are nice. The chairs are comfy, you know, all of that. And to all of the people on our socials who keep tweeting us saying, or messaging us saying, Australia's a big country. That's why we take planes. We actually knew that the train was long. We booked Mm. it on purpose. Mm -hmm. Uh, We had actually researched it. We thought, you know, something different, different experience, nice way to see the country. Also, we're taking so many planes. It's really hard to be like, you know, climate conscious. So it was just another cool thing to do. And... It wasn't just 11 hours. We had a three and a half hour delay where we were just stationary on the track because a freight train had lo- like realised partway through its journey that half its carriages weren't attached anymore and <laughs> had to like reverse back and find the carriages and we couldn't go until it had found its carriages. Um, there were no plugs on the train. There was no Wi-Fi. Chloe, keeping devices alive for 16, 15 hours <laughs> was a stretch. This sounds like an episode of Thomas the Tank Engine, um, <laughs> but if anything, I think it's probably shown you not to like to listen to the natives, maybe like to not try and. But natives telling us no, natives telling us when we're on the train is entirely unhelpful. Oh, I see. Right, okay, it was too yeah. late by then. So okay. anyway, do you know what? It was another mode of transport that we watched a football match on, and we had saved just enough battery. We sat in the canteen area for long enough to charge the phone to watch Germany, and what was there was a really nice moment where our train had come in. We'd gotten off, we were collecting our luggage and there was just these random people just leaning against us, looking at the phone over our shoulders and we were all just stood there rather than like leaving the train station. (laughs) We were all stood there watching the final, like because there was so much extra time in this game, just watching it. I had had Morocco, Colombia on one phone, Sophie at the other one and we just had this crowd of people around us and we were all just, we couldn't believe it. I can't believe it. Well, you've given me the perfect segue in because talking of being derailed, Germany's World oh. Cup hopes are gone. Choo choo. Come on. <laughs> Come on. South Korea, despite this game meaning literally fuck all to them, held Germany to a draw 1 1. They scored first in the fourth minute. The stadium went absolutely fucking mental. I was in the press box. Obviously, you've got there's a, there's a bit of decorum that you've got to have in the press yeah, box, all right? I lost my mind, lost my mind. I was there, like there was drums going off, the entire entire stadium let loose and everyone was like, whoa, 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 whoa. It was like panic stations because everyone had gone along to that game. There was a fair, there was, you know, a few people in the press box, but everyone just thought, oh, well, you know, Germany are going to win this game. They'll go through to the next round, Colombia as well. Like it's a pretty done deal. What unfolded over the the course of 90 minutes was nothing short of kind of, it was a tidal wave of emotions is what it was. Um, yeah, South Korea taking the first golf. And then from then, Germany just didn't... They just really struggled to problem solve. I mean, there were deliveries coming in, but Pop just... I felt like Pop was just not on form tonight. I think they were relying on her so much, but I think the pressure of it... And I did see that a little bit in the game before. She just wasn't at the races. Like There were some seriously good chances and whipped in balls in the no-man's hand between her and the, the goalkeeper that she just wasn't getting her head on. A couple of good chances were just either at the crossbar or at the keeper themselves. And... That would have been the difference between their night tonight. And I don't mean to be really critical of Pop, but I just just found it really obviously weird that she picked up player of the match because I just didn't think, like, why are you not giving that to (laughs) one of the South Korean players? Bizarre. Bizarre. But I think the fact that Germany is relying, it seemed that they were just overly relying on Pop, which I understand because... She's incredible. She the way you know the goal she scored, the header. She's just lethal in the air, and they were giving her so much time and space to leap for these mm-hmm. 
these headers. I feel like the only way you can you can defend against Pop is to just hold her down by the ankles. Like she seems to get her head on absolutely <laughs> everything. And there was an incredible moment when a ball was whipped in, and one of the South Korean defenders did a kind of bicycle kick to get a leg up and clear it from an, mm-hmm. an impe- like he- Pop's head was coming, and she got the ball cleared. And um, so uh, it's I I don't want to say that like Pop had a bad game or whatever because it just felt like Germany were like fuck it, cross it in the box, cross it in the box, where's Pop, mm-hmm. cross it in the box. Like, if that's not working, do something else. The definition of madness is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Like, they have enough star quality on that team to be able to problem solve. And it just felt like they panicked. And I think mm-hmm. it was probably because, you know, the game before they lost to Colombia and suddenly their backs are against the wall in the final group stage. Um, they're panicking. They know, but they're probably being told at halftime what's going on in the other game. You know, it's not something they would have expected. It's not something any of us would have expected. And I'm sorry to anyone out there who says, oh, you're just underestimating these teams or whatever. No, like nobody would have expected Germany to be sent out by South Korea and Morocco to be going through. It's incredible. It's those stories that you just, mm, that's what makes football just so tasty. <laughs> Well, I actually spoke to Oberdorf after the game in the mix zone and she was saying that she wasn't, the team weren't told at halftime what was going on in the Morocco game, whether some of them Googled it or not, but they weren't told by uh, Voss Tecklenburg what, what was going on because she didn't want to apply pressure to them. Apparently it was ah. only the 85th, the 85th minute, Frome said, that Voss Tecklenburg had told the squad that Morocco were winning and that they needed to get that goal. Was that, that a mistake? A little bit late in the day. (laughs) You shouldn't be holding up a sign going, fuck, like well early on in the game. And she was. I mean, Von Secklenberg, when you looked at her, every time I sort of looked down, like over the over the drop of the press pit, there was her sort of on, literally out. So she was getting told off every like three or four minutes by the, the fourth official to say, get back into your technical area. And I thought at one point she was just going to go in there and fucking head the ball in there herself because she was getting so annoyed at them. <laughs> the commentator kept saying she was prowling and I thought it was such a funny word. And then they kept cutting to her and I was like, oh no, yeah, that's a prowl. She is, oh my God, she yeah. is hunting. She is raging. <laughs> like, I it was a great stalking. word. Yeah, yeah, yes. I call it stalking in the blog. That's the only way it was like a lioness watching her cubs being dismantled that's the only way <laughs> that's the only way I could describe the the kind of passion that was going on in her face right then but yeah so yeah apparently only only 85th minute that they were told and I think by that point obviously they had the so they had 11 minutes and obviously the the rest of the game but and the I rest mean, of was, the extra time it was like 16 uh, minutes by the end because Korea was, kept falling down and staying down it was, it was, yeah, it was a long, it was a long ass game, which I think in my mind, I was like, no, Germany are going to get, they're going to get the other goal. They're going to get it like late on. I was like, it's just going to be really unfair. They're going to walk away with the win. And like, it's just going to be a standard result. And like, just when the final whistle blew and I just, you could like, you looked across the pitch and it was just devastation on one half and like jubilation on the other. I mean, South Korea reacted to this this draw as if they'd won the world cup i mean they were doing victory laps rounds there were like laughs there were cheers there was yeah like, there was such a massive south korean contingent of fans there just like cheering them waving them whistles drums the whole thing moved to the other side froms was on a she was on her bum she had her head in her hands there was pop crying there was like the technical staff going over this and putting a shoulder around them Voss Tecklenburg was trying to like sort of rally the players together to try and get them in a huddle because they're all, they all disseminated they're all over different areas of the pitch just sort of like trying to cope with their emotions it was it was um it was bleak it was really it- really bleak and it is, you know, sad when you see, it, because, you know, there's so much expectation on teams like this. Um, and look, no one likes to lose. But when you see something like that happen and they don't know what's happened, Pop said it. She doesn't understand 
what's happened, how how this has happened. Um, you know, and you there you do feel for them, but at the same time, I had my phone on the other game, and the the that game they found out. I get basically the Germany game was a couple of seconds behind on Sophie's phone, mm-hmm. so suddenly the Moroccan team were in their huddle. The manager was sitting on the bench, super stressed, waiting to find out, and suddenly there was just this electric joy he was crying the team were like going crazy um, and I was saying to Soph it's done they're not going to do it it's over it's over and she's like spoiler alerts and I was like but look at them like look at this scene it's beautiful um, so yeah like it's you know this heartbreak just the the range of emotions in football right there mm-hmm. was just incredible tonight it was wild and I spoke to um, Casey Fair afterwards as well and obviously like 16 year old Casey Fair like she's coming to this competition as a as a child as a duckling uh, of a player and uh, obviously like really impressed on the world stage a lot of potential in this kid and like gave the most kind of like heartwarming mature she was like I was you know I was really gutted that I'd missed the opportunity because she got sort of an early an early chance quite um, early on in the game even before the goal came um, and she was saying yeah I was really gutted about that but also like we just yeah we just like we just played our game like we had nothing to lose so we just kind of like did what we did and then we just found out at the end yeah that you know Germany were out of the out of the World Cup but we didn't even know what the score was because we didn't even care because it didn't matter to us so they literally <laughs> got into this game just wanting to win not giving a shit about the result and then finding out obviously watching the German players completely collapse in you know distress um, probably alerted them to the fact that they were out of the World Cup so um yeah, and she said, oh, now well, I've got I've got two weeks off, going to go and chill, um, you know, just finished her exams, just played in the World Cup, just, you know, t- <laughs> taken Germany to a Germany draw out. and now just, yeah, just kick Germany out of the World Cup and then just, you know, back to back to your summer case, like, just, just, just unbelievable, unbelievable from a 16-year-old, but yeah, that's now two giant killers, well, three giant killers, if you include Canada, Brazil, and now Germany out of the World Cup in the group stages, I mean... This now seems to give a little bit of a free-to experience to the round of 16. So looking at the round of 16, I mean, we keep trying to go through all the permutations. But now that we've got everything together, we've got Switzerland v. Spain, Japan v. Norway. We've got Netherlands v. South Africa, Sweden versus the United States, Australia v. Denmark, England versus Nigeria, France v. Morocco and Colombia versus Jamaica. Like that is big and when you look at that when you kind of look at it in front of you so you're looking at teams like South Africa Jamaica Morocco Nigeria to some extent like there's some like squads that you just did not expect to be progressing into these states and they're knocking out beasts it's just I just think it's the most exciting World Cup major tournament that we've seen in a very long time because the discrepancy between these teams is fucking tiny now. Like, no one's been completely annihilated. Like, there's been some, like, you know, six, seven... There's been a seven-nil. There's been a couple of six-nilers, whatever. But no one's been annihilated. Like, it's... It's it's tasty. Nobody looks out of, sta- out of place on the world stage. And I think, understandably, after 2019, that was a fear um, because it was increasing to 32 teams. We'd seen what had happened to Thailand against the USA, that 13-nil dropping. And there was that fear. But... It just ex- it, it kind of exemplifies how quickly this game is growing mm-hmm. and how much we need to look beyond our own leagues and beyond, you know, before it used to always be the USA and then, you know, maybe Europe. Then it was like Europe kind of really caught up. Now it's not just about the USA and Europe. We've got to be expanding our horizons. And we often talk about what a small pool of players we have. And, you know, as the game grows, there's not enough. You're seeing a lot of injuries and all that kind of thing that pool is huge. Look at these players and what they're doing on the world stage. Like, mm-hmm. I hope that we're going to start seeing more players 
going into these professional leagues from across the world because they're showing what they can do on the biggest stage um, and making a huge name for themselves. And, and we also spoke in the previous episodes about countries like Jamaica, Nigeria. Look at what they're doing in spite of their federation support. I just think, mm-hmm. like, add that to the fact that they've made history. Like, just they're doing this without proper support from their federation, which just makes it incredible. We saw how difficult it was for Canada and the difficulties that they've gone through. And there's no doubt that that impacted their performance on the pitch. Jamaica, Nigeria, you know, they're bossing it. Imagine well, what they could be like with proper support. Oh, massively. Let's start with Jamaica because it was, it was exactly the same kind of template as today's game. It's been two days out of two that we've seen Titans taken down by very small well, teams that we didn't expect to go to progress in this competition and maybe naively so, maybe not. But watching that game as a spectator, I wasn't working it. It was like a game that I could just enjoy without my laptop. And again, boom, explosions happened. Jamaica saw Brazil through the draw, which meant that Jamaica went through. Brazil were knocked out. The first time it's happened to them since 1995, 28 years since Brazil have been knocked out. In the, in the group stages. I mean, and with it also, Marcia's hopes of getting a World Cup trophy. I mean, I think it was the despair on her face. Because obviously she started that game and some people were saying, okay, well, well, should she have started? Was that the right Was that the right call to make? But I think from, you know, from a, from a legend perspective, it's the last game. It means absolutely everything for them to go through. I think you want Marta on the pitch because it just means so much more to the squad to be doing it, not only for Brazil, but for <coughs> someone like Marta. But they didn't. I mean, Rachel, how did you find the game? What did you think of them? Well, the whole Marta starting thing is you also have to factor in things like when there's a lot at stake and the importance of experience in those moments. Um, and th- those kind of experienced heads are more likely to make better decisions or the right decisions at the right time when you're playing a high stakes game. So, you know, there are arguments for starting her. Um, it's incredible like that that Jamaica have, have, have put them out essentially. Um, and and uh, it again, it's that kind of, you know, you've got your two sides of the emotions, you know, incredible for Jamaica. So great to see them going through. And then you're like, oh, Marta, her last World Cup. That's the last time we're going to see her. Um, and it's those kind of conflicting feelings uh, and again the scenes on the pitch you know like it's just this it, it just keeps exemplifying how special these moments are and how special this tournament is and there is um a beautiful moment at the end I don't even know what they were saying but Marta and uh, Bunny Shaw were you know they'd obviously like shaken hands but they were holding each other's hands and they were obviously having the most heartfelt conversation and Marta was, you could tell, giving delivering one of her impassioned speeches to Bunny Shaw. Bunny Shaw was just standing there nodding her head, taking it in. Um, I would love to know what they were saying, but I didn't even need to know what they were saying. I was just watching that being like, oh, this is amazing. This is like the future and, the, you know, the past and the future. And I feel like you're seeing that with teams like um, Jamaica. The future of women's football is just... Yeah, it's just super exciting. And also kudos to, to Becky Spencer as well, having as a goalkeeper, Chloe, having a good game. Yeah, I mean, obviously I played with Becky in, in Spurs and like that, that was just about when the sort of the team was starting to form. Uh, this was like three or four years ago or so. And I remember her sort of, you know, saying, oh, she's going to be, you know, getting the call up and stuff. So to see that from then to then getting play of the match 
I mean, at this major international tournament. And just like to put things in perspective about what Jamaica have achieved. So they are the first Caribbean team to make it through to the round of 16. The first to keep three clean sheets. Uh, and they're only one of three teams that are going through into the round of 16, having not conceded any goals. Um, wow. And I, and I just think like... that that group. Is, like, I mean, they're, they're group. Like when you look at it, this just shouldn't have happened. None of this should have happened. But I think like we were talking about on the, um, you know, just before we sort of um, started the record, if their their defensive record looks outstanding, but it's their attacking record, that it was probably going to cause the issues with them. I mean, they face Colombia and I fancy this in a big way, like Bunny Shaw going head to head with Caicedo, like, Jesus Christ. Like, who do you think is going to win that? Like... <laughs> Who, I mean, honestly, <laughs> I would love to be at that game. I just think it's going to be vibes on the pitch and vibes off the pitch. Um, I, I don't know. I cannot call that. How do you call that? I I would have... Do you know what? After the Germany game, I would have maybe leant towards Colombia, but then they lost to Morocco today and you're like, oh, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, do we think I, that was almost a little bit tactical? Losing to Morocco, <laughs> giving Morocco the best chance possible to go through and to knock Germany out. We kind of had a little bit, I know it sounds really dodgy as fuck, but like if I was <laughs> Colombia and I knew sort of like roughly what was going on. But then you're looking were at there that game against. that were being had? You're looking at that game against South Korea, and even we were like, they're going to get a goal. They're, go- they're going to do a Germany. They're going to score in, extra- mm-hmm. in injury time. You know, I just can't see Colombia thinking. <laughs> this is going to happen um, but I don't know I oh god sorry the matchup that I'm just still thinking about the Jamaica-Columbia matchup is just <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be great and what's cool is one of them is going through to the next round yeah like that's one amazing one of those teams is making it through to the quarter final which will be yeah. the first time in their history that they've done that so like I mean, either way, history's being made in that. Yeah, so that's that's the positive that we'll take away from that. So in a, in a way, like for obviously people who aren't from those countries, well, I, I'm half Jamaican. Um, it kind of feels like, well, either way, there's a positive to be taken from that. So maybe we'll just we'll just end it there and see what happens because that is just that's I think that's a very evenly matched takeaway, and I'm very glad that them two are facing each other. And it's mm. not like Jamaica versus like I don't know the USA, which also. The USA haven't been doing too well, so actually Jamaica could have actually come up. Yeah, I was about to say France, and then I was like, oh no, actually that probably wouldn't be terrible either. (laughs) (laughs) This is wild. England now look like one of the most consistent consistent favourites in the group, in the tournament, which is just not what anyone saw happening. Um, Right, next. We have to talk about South Africa. They beat Italy 3-2 with Timbi Katlana scoring the winner in the 92nd minute. Katlana hadn't Achilles, oh, I always get his name. Achilles, Achilles, Achilles. Achilles. I, can't, I can't do it. I can't <laughs> do it. She had a she had an ankle-based injury in 2022 that kept her out for ten months, and then she goes on and scores the bloody winner. And now South Africa are another side that are through, and they're facing the Netherlands. I mean. South Africa's manager, Desiree Ellis, gave a sensational interview afterwards. Listen to this. They fought like warriors. They fought like the heroines that we know they are. They fought like for, for, to be historically remembered. And they've made history. Not just getting our first win, but going to the round of 16. And that is freaking amazing. That accent, it just makes it even better. Oh, you could just, the heroines. passion. It's yeah. so good. It's just, it's like, it gets you. It really gets you. It does. Like, listening to that level of, like, I don't know. Passion. Just, it, yeah. Just, Pride. like, what they've achieved. Oh. Yeah. Um, like, absolutely phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. I mean, Rachel, did you manage to catch much of this game? Or was this sort of 
one of the ones that you're exploring on your you know travels across australia in a broken down train no i got i got a bit of this um in the in a pub um and we will by the way come back to your inability to say the word achilles uh don't think i've forgotten that um we there weren't loads of us in the pub but those of us that were there we we saw South Africa get their second goal. We were like, oh, like, oh yes, kind of. We're like, okay, now they got to hold on. They got to hold on. And then almost quite quickly, Italy got one back. And we, I, I don't even like none of us were South African, but we all mm-hmm. kind of knew who we were all going for. And it was like, oh, Italy got one back. And then watching her break through that ball through, and she broke through, and there was perfect weight on it for her to get to it fir- to, first. You thought she was going to shoot, but she squares it. Perfect. And that kind of stage of a match to have that composure to do that. And yeah, we were all cheering, all of us and the strangers in the bar, um, very excited about it. And it's that's another, like, God, it was emotional the last couple of days. Like, so emotional. And there are teams that, like I said, it's nice when you're watching a team that, you know, it's not for me, Ireland or Sophie, England, that maybe you don't have that connection to. And now I feel like I have a connection to all these teams and I want all of them to win. It's so annoying. <laughs> Well, on the way back here, obviously it's late at night. I was like, I can't get any food. I need some kind of sugar. I picked up some Haribo cherries. They're my absolute fucking go-to. There's these things called Easy Marts that are like, they're like spas or whatever. And then the woman who served me had the Columbia shirt on. She clearly, well, she, she didn't seem like she was from Columbia. Her accent didn't suggest anything, but she just, she was very much quite an Australian person. But she was... So like I just love the fact that she was wearing this shirt. She was playing Colombian music in the shop, and I was like, "This is what it's created." Like the buzz around teams like this, who weren't no one really knew what the hell they were going like, who was in those squads, or like what they were up to, or, or some of the issues that were happening around their federations. And now their performances are putting them on the map. So I I got into my Uber, and uh, the guy said to us like, "Oh." Have you? I can't remember how how long you in Melbourne. Whatever. We're like, oh, we're here for the World Cup. And he's like, ah, oh. and we're like, yeah. He was like, who are you seeing? And I said, um, Sweden, USA. And he goes, oh wow, Sweden are very good. And I was like, yeah, yeah, but you know, USA are our number one. And he goes, yeah, but they're shit this tournament. And I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> he knows what he's talking about. So then we were talking about new games, and he was various ones and we were talking about we were talking about South Africa we were talking about Jamaica going through we were talking about the, this is the tournament of the underdogs and he was like I was there for Nigeria um, Australia so I think he actually it turned out he was Nigerian but he lives in Australia and he was a bit like a little bit torn then because Nigeria went and beat Australia but we were just yeah it's just it's so nice when you like bump into people and they start spouting out all these facts at you and you're like yes this is what we want from this tournament I think it's that. It's those little gems where I think when you've been in women's football for so long, you just assume that people either don't care or don't know about it or aren't that fast. And I think like this is the first time really in a major international tournament. I mean, bar the Euros as well, um, where we've kind of seen just like so many people from different backgrounds from different walks of life just really get involved in this competition. Um, yeah, that's been absolutely beautiful. Um, but yeah, going back to South Africa, I mean, like Jamaica, it's also incredible to see, um, you know, the kind of things that they've been having to overcome off the pitch. Um, I mean, just before the tournament, they refused to play a friendly because South Africa, the South African FA hadn't resolved their pay dispute. Uh, I mean, in the end, the federation set up by the president of CAF stepped in and gave the players $320,000. So it hasn't been an easy time at all for all of them. Having said that, uh, Benedetta Orsi made it easier by putting the ball into the back of her own net with an overhit have you ever, has, that, has that ever happened to you? Has that ever happened to you? I have to ask you. As a goalkeeper, have you ever had to, a situation like that? Have ever put the ball in the back of the net? 
Uh, there was a hairy moment actually when I was we had a first we, it was I was with Spurs and it was a preseason we were playing West Ham at their little like Dagenham Redbridge ground and Chloe Peplow passed the ball back to me without looking and she launched it back like launched it back at me like without turning around just assuming that I was going to be in the goal it was like it was like a fucking shot and I was like. <laughs> I wasn't. I was on the other side of the pitch, like trying to make sure that, you know, she had an outlet on the other side because we were getting pressed on the left. So I was on the right, like trying to sort of like build play out from the back of it. And it went in. So technically, it wasn't my fault. It's Chloe Peplow's own goal, but we move. And who gets Sorry the blame? Sorry for bringing that up. <laughs> yeah. Muggins. So, yeah. But whatever. Sorry. I'm over it now. It's been a long anyway, time. Anyway, South Africa. Yay. Sorry. Woo, I didn't mention that. Thank God. Thank God. Let's take some positivity away from that. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Right, the next one we've got to touch on. We haven't even spoken about one of the most extraordinary games of the tournament so far yesterday. Panama, France. France walked away with the points. It was 6-3 in the end. But the spiciest, the spiciest, probably the best goal of the tournament so far, we said, Marta Cox scored Panama's first ever World Cup goal in the second minute. Rach, tell us what your thoughts were when you saw this goal hit the top left-hand corner. It couldn't have been any more inch perfect in my entire... It was disgusting. It was disgusting. 
the absolute stuff of dreams and it was from so far out as well but I think my favourite part of it was the celebration that was one of the best celebrations because it was a literal pile on with maybe all 23 players and some of the supporting staff and rumour has it they're still trying to dig her up out of the pitch because I don't know I don't know how she got up after that and carried on playing um, but yeah I was like and that was only in like the fourth minute and literally the ref was there with the yellow cards like she didn't know what to do the whole bloody team were on the pitch it was like it was amazing um, but like it's just it's not always about winning okay I know like it's about winning but when teams are coming into this World Cup and they know they're probably not going to win this World Cup it's moments like that where they're like mm-hmm. look at what we've done um, and that goal was one of those moments and seeing them all come on the pitch so early on and absolutely flatten her <laughs> was just an amazing moment putting you on the spot here who got the better goal Martha Cox or Katie McCabe's corner <laughs> go on I'm obviously going to say Katie McCabe. That is ridiculous. You are so biased and that is a ridiculous opinion. I'll admit that. I will admit that. I am entirely biased. You know you're in the wrong. Like that trains mess with your head, mate. Right. Let's get on to it. The Lionesses, they're our main focus, obviously. We want them to progress. Now that we know who's in the round of 16, their route does seem like a nice route on paper. I'm going to add the on paper as a caveat here because we know what teams are doing at the moment. We know that they're sort of like these these small minnow teams that no one really was that fussed about in the tournament. All of a sudden, like the biggest fucking problem on the planet. So we face Nigeria on Monday. Do we? If we win that, which I'm hoping we should, but Nigeria have been causing problems, have been causing massive problems. Then we will face Colombia in the course of finals if Colombia win if their the, game against if Jamaica the, yeah, if or mm-hmm. we could face Jamaica I'm just saying Colombia may get that win but you don't know you literally don't know then if we then win against Colombia or Jamaica we are then most likely to play France because France have Morocco in the round of 16 and then they or also Australia. take on Australia in the course mm. of finals so we could either have Australia or France in the quarterfinals. So in the semi-finals, sorry. So that is the kind of route that we could be looking at here. I mean, which one of those is causing you the most concern, do you reckon, Rach? Like, what do you what what do you do you fancy our chances a little bit more now that we know the kind of semi-route? If you told me that before this World Cup, I'd have said yes. But having watched this World Cup, I don't believe any of my predictions anymore. Um although I did say I did say England, France in the semi-final before the tournament started. I did think that. But my biggest concern at the moment, Nigeria. Like, Mm. easy. And I think there's a lot of different types of football in that route that England will need to be able to adapt to. Um, So all of it worries me, really. So I'm only thinking about that first match coming up um, and and how they're going to line up against Nigeria. Um, I'm thinking, like, the way they lined up uh, in the last match against China is probably one of the best options but mm-hmm. you know I, I don't think any of those matches look easy now and I think all of those teams are going to have so much confidence look what they've done like the uh, Colombia and Jamaica have come out of some of the toughest groups Nigeria has come out of one of the toughest groups like none of them have have gotten in here into these round of 16 easily um so yeah I'm a bit more reserved about it and a bit more conservative about my um estimations i'm a little bit more positive i think only because 
Serena has just been so consistently inconsistent with her lineup. I think the one thing that we're seeing from the Lionesses this year is adaptability and versatility um, in the way that Serena is choosing subs or choosing players, choosing the starting eleven, choosing the, for- the formation. We've seen big changes, and I think that because they've managed to do that so quickly, so the get the time difference in between the Denmark and the China game was absolutely it was like days, hours that they had to try and t- change things around, and they did it. And I just think that now that, you know, you've got three biggies who are out of the competition, I do think the Lionesses will be a little bit buoyed by that. And that last performance against China was so strong. They've got rid of the gold drought. You've got cheat card Lauren James. Um, so I do think she will find a way in that Nigeria game. I'm not too sure how, but I think, I think if, yeah, if we get through that, I mean, I'm pretty, well, I say pretty happy, but then you look at Colombia. <laughs> or Jamaica. <sighs> I know, I keep saying Colombia. I think that's just, um, that is just my gut feel that Colombia will beat Jamaica. I feel really bad for saying that. Um, my dad will I be think, like, why yeah, have you said that's that? That's really bad, really yeah. bad. But I mm. think we've all maybe, and look, I agree, the China performance was brilliant um, and it was amazing. And I, I kind of disagree with the days between matches. I think because there's an extra round, there's actually quite a bit of time longer than in the Euros to mm. implement new things. And I think they've done really well in this the time. They're very good at implementing new things when they've got a few days to do it. Um, and I think they did that really well. But I also think we're kind of forgetting about the not so great performances against Haiti and Denmark. And look, maybe that was just them getting into the tournament, but that's why I'm not getting ahead of myself because we've also seen England not play great this tournament. So I'm just, that's why I'm being a little bit more reserved. Rach, that was just rust. Calm down, all right? Everyone needs a bit of rust. And I think it was I'd like to be wrong. Daily was saying, like, you know, no one wants to be at their absolute best firing on all cylinders in the first game because then, like, you've already hit your peak. You've You've got to run into your peak, all right? run into the yeah okay i don't really feel like Thank anyone you. has done that yet have they really uh, i think japan japan are the mm. strongest looking team yeah in this tournament yeah that's the concern if yeah. we go all the way the other side of that and japan go all the way is it's it a final be a japan japan, england, england, japan final, final. Yeah, yeah which will be absolutely i mean that'll be outstanding absolutely as if i see england lift the world cup trophy in australia like the year after winning the Euros, I I think I'll have, I think I'll go into cardiac arrest. I think I'll just that'll be it. Like there's no I point know living. CPR. Like no, mate, I'll have I'll have gone, I'll have died, and quite happily so. No, honestly, I'll bring you back. Let me go because my life will no. be downhill from there. Um, <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> my future wedding, future kids that I may not have, it will never compare to the elation that I feel if England win a second major international trophy. That I just oh wow, what, we are so getting ahead of ourselves. Where do you go from there? <laughs> right, talking more positively, we still do have a lot of football to play before we even talk about the final. The knockouts get started with Switzerland versus Spain on Saturday morning, 6am UK time, followed by Japan versus Norway at 9am. Uh, we'll be back on Monday after England versus Nigeria and Australia versus Denmark. Oh my God, the nerves are kicking in. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Upfront. Remember to subscribe in your podcast app and get in touch with your questions in the meantime on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Morgie underscore 89. Rach is at Girls on the Ball and we are generally at Upfront underscore pod. You can also find us on YouTube and we are at Upfront pod. See you next week.
Upfront is a Stack Production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.